in February 2020, the Obstetrics and Gynecology Journal, known as the Green Journal, will have a publication by Rossi et al. describing the reported prevalence of maternal hepatitis C infection in the U.S., In that publication, the authors state that the reported prevalence of maternal HCV infection increased 161% just from 2009 to 2017. It is estimated that intravenous drug use accounts for about 60% of hepatitis C viral transmission in the U.S., with blood transfusion before 1992 as the next biggest risk factor. However, 50% of individuals with hepatitis C infection do not report either a history of illicit drug use or of blood transfusion. Additionally, the true prevalence of hepatitis C viral infection is likely underreported. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention actually estimates that the true number is about 14 times the number reported in any given year. That's 1-4, 14 times the number actually reported. Nonetheless, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine and ACOG currently do not recommend universal screening for hepatitis C viral infection in pregnancy because pregnant women traditionally have no greater risk of acquiring hepatitis C viral infection than non-pregnant women and interventions to prevent mother-to-child transmission are lacking. Nonetheless, Other societies, like the Infectious Disease Society of America, totally disagree with them and are pushing for universal screening for hepatitis C viral infection. So in this episode, we're going to review the IDSA guidelines and the push towards universal screening and also cover key points from that February 2020 new publication. With the current increase in hepatitis C viral infection in adults, including women of childbearing age, there is renewed discussions and new pushes towards universal screening for pregnant women. Risk factor-based testing has never been shown to be effective, and there's inconsistent screening practices among OBGYN physicians. Remember, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine does recommend several obstetrical practices in women who are known to have hepatitis C virus, like having a preference for amnio over chorionic villi sampling when invasive prenatal diagnostic testing is indicated. Also, if women are known to have hepatitis C viral infection, then you can have avoidance of internal fetal monitoring and avoidance of prolonged rupture of membranes. Now, however, there are no data to support elective cesarean delivery for hepatitis C viral infected women. But finding women who do have hepatitis C virus infection early in prenatal care can help identify those women who require increased surveillance and increased testing of their neonates after delivery. Additionally, the cost-effectiveness of hepatitis C viral infection screening in other clinical settings has improved, and there's progressively lower costs of direct-acting antiviral-based treatment. To enhance mother's health and address public health concerns, universal testing of pregnant women for current hepatitis C viral infection 
is recommended by the Infectious Disease Society of America. Testing at the initiation of prenatal care is considered optimal, and this is to maximize the opportunities for education, referral, and appropriate testing of the exposed infant. Early identification is key, as women living with hepatitis C viral infection and their exposed infants are at significant risk for not linking to appropriate evaluation or care. Women should be tested with a hepatitis C virus antibody test, and if it's positive, this should be followed with hepatitis C viral RNA. Recent modeling studies do demonstrate that universal hepatitis C viral screening in pregnancy is cost-effective and would reduce long-term morbidity with linkage and treatment of care to their infants. Well, what about women who are already known to be hepatitis C virus positive? Women of reproductive age with hepatitis C virus should be counseled about the benefits of antiviral treatment prior to pregnancy to improve the health of the mother and eliminate the low risk of mother-to-child transmission. Women who become pregnant while on direct-acting antiviral therapy with or without ribavirin should discuss the risks versus benefits of continuing treatment with their physicians. Ribavirin is contraindicated in pregnancy due to its known teratinicity. So remember, that's a clinical pearl. No ribavirin is recommended in pregnancy. Now, in addition, the risk of teratogenicity actually persists for six months after ribavirin cessation and applies to women taking ribavirin and female partners of men taking ribavirin. If exposed to that medication, they should also have their maternal and fetal outcomes reported to the ribavirin pregnancy registry. Now, a quick note for distinction. Even though direct-acting antivirals are the treatment of choice in non-pregnant individuals, there are no large-scale clinical trials evaluating the safety of these medications in pregnancy. Now, even though a small study evaluating the pharmacokinetics of a direct-acting antiviral drug in pregnancy demonstrated 100% sustained viral response and no safety concerns, more data is required. Currently, there are no available data on the use of pangenomic regimen use during pregnancy. So once again, as of right now, unless it is in a clinical trial, these direct-acting antivirals are not used in pregnancy. However, some argue with that conclusion. Despite the lack of a recommendation, treatment can be considered during pregnancy, according to the Infectious Disease Society of America, on an individual basis after a patient-physician discussion about the potential risks and benefits. All right, when we come back, let's take a look at the Infectious Disease Society of America's guidelines for management of the hepatitis C viral infected patient. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. According to the IDSA, hepatitis C viral RNA and routine liver function tests are recommended at the initiation of prenatal care for hepatitis C virus antibody positive pregnant women to assess the risk of mother to child transmission and the degree of liver pathology. Pregnancy itself does not appear to negatively affect chronic HCV infection. In general, serum liver function tests decrease during the first and the third trimester of pregnancy and then increase after delivery. Hepatitis C viral RNA levels rise during the first and third trimesters, reaching a peak during the third trimester and then they decrease postpartum. These effects are likely due to the immunosuppressive effects of pregnancy. HCV-infected pregnant women have a higher incidence of intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy, and this is based on a meta-analysis of published literature. Hepatitis C maternal-to-child transmission occurs at an overall rate of 5 to 15 percent, with the number that progress to chronic infection being 3 to 5 percent. No specific risk factor predicts transmission and no specific intervention like antiviral therapy use, mode of delivery, or others have been demonstrated to reduce HCV transmission except for suppression of HIV replication in women who are both HIV and hepatitis C virus infected. Given the potential association risk of maternal child transmission, it is advisable to avoid evasive procedures like fetal scalp monitors and forceps in these cases. In the upcoming February 2020 publication by Rossi et al. in the Green Journal, women with hepatitis C infection in pregnancy did have some adverse outcomes. Maternal hepatitis C viral infection was associated with cesarean delivery preterm birth, small for gestational age birth weight, maternal ICU admission, and blood transfusion, neonatal ICU admissions, assisted ventilation, and neonatal death were also associated with maternal HCV infection, even after adjustment for gestational age at delivery and birth weight. A quick word regarding hepatitis C virus and breastfeeding. Remember that breastfeeding is not a risk for hepatitis C viral transmission to the child. However, given the associated risks of HCV transmission with blood, it's recommended that HCV-infected women who breastfeed abstain from doing so if their nipples are cracked, damaged, or bleeding. All right, team, as we wrap this up, remember, we have an entirely separate podcast on hepatitis C viral infection in pregnancy, and that can be found in the archive. That is based on the SMFM guidelines. This podcast covers the Infectious Disease Society of America's guidelines, which calls for universal screening. Remember, currently, the CDC ACOG and the SMFM recommend risk-based screening and they cite that on the lack of data on cost-effectiveness of the universal screening algorithm and the current lack of approved treatments in pregnancy. 
But as we mentioned in this podcast, that tide is changing. Again, in February of 2020, the new report on the prevalence of hepatitis C viral infection in the U.S. will be released in the Green Journal. They also make this distinction that the time for risk-based screening may be obsolete in favor of more universal testing in pregnancy. So, especially for the residents who are planning on taking their boards, remember, even though this is area of active debate, it seems to be both cost-effective and in both the patient's and the child's best interest to do a universal screen for hepatitis C viral antibody in pregnancy to maximize outcomes. Uh, don't you just love a good controversial podcast, risk-based or universal screening for hepatitis C viral infection in pregnancy? The tide is actually turning and it does favor universal testing for hepatitis C early in pregnancy to maximize outcomes. Thanks for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next time on another episode of Clinical Pearls. Thank you.